evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the February 1st, 2015 edition of Season 2 of The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. Yes, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and you're here choosing to listen to the sports endeavors of the real pros, the stars of the MYHSAL. Uh, the Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Every week we'll take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Today, however, we have a very, very special presentation for you post-Super Bowl, because today is the Super Bowl, and I know plenty of you want to be uh, listening to us and also want to be watching the big game that's going on. We have a special show for you coming up after the Super Bowl, most likely 10.30 or 11. If you are listening to us during the special post-Super Bowl slot, thank you for being such dedicated listeners. The decision to have this show was for you, and that was because we knew that you would want to find out about what happened this past week and be all set up for this coming week as we head towards the playoffs in the Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know. You can friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or like the Court Report fan page. Or you can also do that as well. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is... L, uh, my name is YLS Wise Guy. That's Y L S W E I S G U Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. As we head towards playoff time, you got to realize that Crown Trophy of Brooklyn has been servicing the Yeshiva League for over a decade. And if you've won during that time, you already have a trophy from them in your house. Please give Mike, Larry, and the entire gang a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official, analyst. But most of all, like you, I am a Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week right here on The Court Report. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of last season's episodes of The Court Report, plus this season's episodes, and you'll be able to send in comments for each show. Please keep the comments nice. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, disrespecting players or coaches, please be courteous enough to do the same. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Court Report. Thank you very, very much for joining me today on uh, this Super Bowl Sunday. I know right now many of you are watching the Super Bowl and listening to the Court Report on, in the background. Thank you very much once again for tuning in to us. Um, if you're listening at the 7 o'clock hour, uh, thank you for being dedicated listeners. And know that in about 56, 55 minutes time, you will be in for a treat with the Nakam Siegel Network Kosher Super Bowl halftime show featuring Soul Farm. Uh, let me just give you a little rundown about tonight. Um, over the week, we were trying to decide what to do with our show because there, you know, the situation of some big game called the Super Bowl today. Um, didn't know what we were going to do, whether or not we'd have people listening. Uh, but I know that you guys are dedicated, so we had to have the show run in a normal hour because I know you guys want to know what's going on with all the playoff action. Uh, considering how much went on this past week and what still has to go on next week, I realize that a lot of you guys are going to want to know what needs to be done tomorrow night and Tuesday before you hear this encore again. So we figured on this. Why not have another show? So tonight at around 10.30 following the Super Bowl, 
this show will air again. So there will be an encore presentation, not only Tuesday, but there will be one tonight. So tell your friends if they're watching the Super Bowl and can't make our show, they have another opportunity tonight to listen in and to get all of the action from the Yeshiva League from the past week. Um, Speaking of the action of the past week, it was a little muted because of the snow that happened at the beginning of the week. So there were some shifting schedules around, uh, a couple of interesting nights that did happen, though, and a lot of playoff races are heating up. Some of the spots were determined, and others are going to be done away with this week. There are a lot of really good nights over the next couple of weeks. Monday is going to have a ton of action, we hope, because of, well, Mother Nature. For now, the skies are clear, halftime is rapidly coming upon us, so let's get down to business and look at this past week in action. Let's start off now with hockey. We're going to go to JV Hockey. Although today is Super Sunday, the JV Hockey League will be looking forward to Super Monday, tomorrow night, weather permitting, and we'll get to why in just a few minutes, but first... Uh, let's uh, break down uh, this into the, this analysis into East and West. We're going to do a little bit of a hybrid of what we did over the past few weeks. We're going to do a little playoffs. We're going to do a little bit of what happened. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of everything so you get a full view of what's going on because we are hopefully completely up to date with all our scores in every league. So let's start off first in the East. Let's remind you of where the playoff teams were going into uh, this past week. Rambam started off the week at 9-0, 18 points. DRS and Flatbush both at 6-2 with 12 points. Hank, 5-4, 0-1, uh, sorry, 5-4, 0-1 uh, with 11 points. North Shore, 4-5, 0-1, 9 points. And Hafter at 4-4 four four with 8 points. Over the week, there were three games that impacted the races for just about all of the remaining seeds, other than Rambam's number one spot. Going into the week, DRS and Flopbush were neck-and-neck battling for the second seed and the first-round home game. Both teams were in action on Thursday night, with Flopbush battling Share Torah and DRS contesting YDE. The Falcons started out slow against the visiting Stars, looking rusty after the month-long break since their last outing. Flopbush had chance after chance in the first round, but could not find their footing because of stellar goaltending from Shari Torah netminder David Sutton until just under three and a half left in the first period. Defenseman Sam Laniato picked up the ball, went coast to coast, and banked a backhander off of Sutton to kickstart the floppish offense. The Falcons would add a sixth spot in the second, three off of the stick of Joey Habert. Laniato would match Habert's hat-trick at the end of the night. Murray Dweck, returning from two months on the disabled list, pocketed two of his own, including a nifty backhander just under the crossbar, and Moore Sutton would put in one of his own to cap off the 9 nothing victory. Aaron Kuby and Nathan Shiro would combine for the shutout. In Manhattan Beach, the Wildcats easily dispatch up the Thunder, also, did, also downing them 9 nothing. As a result of both teams winning their games, they have both reached the 14-point plateau at that point, putting them out of the reach of any other team to overtake them for a top-three spot. So Rambam will take the top seed, and DRS and Flopwish will take the two- and three-seed in some order, depending on the game that happened last night um, between Hafter and DRS. For Hafter, the DRS, uh, the, the Flopwish and DRS wins on Thursday night meant that there would be no fighting for a bye for them, which they would have otherwise been able to. Instead, now, Hafter's singular focus was to win one game. Hafter, as we said a few weeks ago, was one point behind North Shore in the race for the last playoff spot in the East. One of the two teams will make it, and the other will be starting their proverbial golf season this coming Tuesday. Who would it be? Well, this game would provide uh, us with some answers. No scoring in the first period, as Jakey Friedman and Elijah Glaubach held down 
the fort for DRS and Hafter. But right off the fast for the second period, Shlomo Mansbach ripped one top shelf to give the Cats a one nothing lead. Six minutes later, Sammy Bernstein, camping out in front of the net, takes a rebound and pockets it five-hole to extend the lead to 2 nothing. Score would stay the same until two and a half into the third, when Jason Shiawitz sent a touch pass over to a wide-open Jake Weinstock, who slammed it home for the 3 nothing final score. As a result, Hafter is now in a bit of trouble. They have one opportunity left, and that's weather permitting tomorrow night as part of Super Monday against Flatbush. A Hafter win, and Hafter is in and in the fifth slot, traveling the uh, in the preliminary playing game to into the West four seed for the right to face Rombaum in the opening round of the faceoff. However, should Hafter fail to win tomorrow night, North Shore will take the final playoff spot. Hafter does not hold a tie break with North Shore. Just remember that, so anything less than two points will eliminate the Hawks one year after coming within five minutes of a finals berth. For Flatbush, the game is meaningless. DRS's win means that they are relegated to the third seed, as a win would only tie them with the Wildcats, who hold the tie break due to the result of their meeting a month ago. A loss, and, you know, Flappers still can't be caught. However, the Falcons would be keen to take a win against a contending team into the postseason when they go on the road to face the second-seeded West team. DRS, therefore, gets the second seed and will host the West number 3 seed in the opening round. The loss also affects one other team in the playoff race, and that's Hank. The Hurricanes, who were waiting to see if Hafter would be able to catch them, can now breathe a sigh of relief, knowing that they, as the fourth seed, will host the West 5 seed in the preliminary round game with the right to play the West Division champion, SAR, on the line. How do we know that it's SAR? Well, we'll get to that in just a minute as we get through the West. Oddly enough, there are only two teams that we know of in the West where they stand, and we'll get to that right now. But let's first set up the standings for the Eastern Division so you have some idea. Rambam at the end of the week is 9-0. and The Ravens will finish out their season tomorrow night against Shari Tower with a perfect regular season hanging in the balance. Uh, safe money is on them walking into the playoffs with a bagel in the loss column. Second, uh, in second, DRS 8-2. and two. DRS' schedule is now finished. Third, Flatbush 7-2. and two. The Falcons, as we said, have Hafter tomorrow night in Hafter. Uh, fourth, Hank 5-4-0-1, 11 points, also finished. Fifth, North Shore 4-5-0-1 at 9 points, awaiting to see their fate based on sixth, Hafter at 4-5 and five with 8 points with their final chance against Flatbush tomorrow night. It's funny, uh, you know, under the old playoff format, the four teams would have already been decided and tomorrow night would be meaningless all around. So kudos to the league for a system that has injected a ton of life into the backstretch of this season down to what will be the very last day. Out West, let's take a look at the teams coming into this past week. SAR at 16 points, 8-0. Frisch and TABC at 6-2 with 12 points. JEC and MTA uh, at 10 points. JEC 5-3 and, and MTA at 5-5. Five now, there were only two games on the week, but the two games would have a huge effect on the coming week. The first game, Thursday night, would be one that would help decide the race at the top of the division, as division-leading SAR traveled to Frisch to take on the Cougars. SAR looking to lock up the division, only needing one point to do so. Frisch looking to stay in the hunt to force a coin flip for the division crown. The way the game started, one would think that George Washington was getting all polished up for an appearance. Cougars struck first in the first period when sophomore defenseman Johnny Newman put one home on the power play. Frisch would add to that lead in the second when sophomore Yehuda Brin would add a power play marker of his own, making it 2 nothing Frisch. 
put the Stingwood battle back. A few minutes later, SAR's Ellie Gelfand had the ball deep in his own zone, fired a wrister that hit off the post and into the fresh net to cut the lead to one. In the third period, last year's hottest-scoring freshman Solomon Freilich would add some magic of his own, squeezing a turnaround shot from the slot through Charlie Freilich's five-hole to tie the game at two. Late in the third, the comeback would be complete. Charlie Freilich would make a save and dive forward to try to cover the ball, but it rolled just out of his reach to a wide-open Joey McGillner, Gilner, the play-by-play broadcaster, for all of the Sting teams who put it into the back of the net for the 3-2 lead and the eventual victory, giving SAR the West Division crown and keeping them undefeated. For Frisch, the loss would be doubly devastating when, coupled with the other result of the week, TABC taking a victory over Westchester last night, 10-1. So now TABC sits two points ahead of the Cougars at 14 points to 12 points, all leading up to what will be an intense battle tomorrow night, whether permitting in Frisch. Here's the breakdown. If TABC walks away with any points, be it a win, a tie, or an overtime loss, the Storm will have defied the odds and earned themselves a playoff home game against Flatbush, a team that they knocked out of the postseason in the first round last year and route to their record sixth straight JV championship. However, should Frisch succeed in avenging their loss to the Storm from last month and defeat them in regulation, we will have that coin flip, as they would be tied at 14 points and all square in tiebreak categories. At that point, it'll be Lady Luck to figure out who will go where in the first round. Also watching anxiously will be JEC. You may have noticed uh, that I have not talked about what would happen if Frisch lost. Well, this would have been more more clear had JEC and Hillel not been snowed out earlier this week. But at this point, the onus is on JEC, as if Frisch loses, the Thunder could still sneak in and take the West's third seed. That would, however, depend on their game with SAR tomorrow night in SAR. Right now, the Thunder sit two points behind Frisch. A Frisch loss would keep them there and allow JEC to tie them should they upset SAR tomorrow night or come within a point through a tie or overtime loss. Then the Thunder would play their final game with Hillel, where they could potentially jump Frisch into the third spot. Should they wind up tied with Frisch at any point, though, Frisch wins the tiebreak by virtue of their meeting earlier this year. This holds for a scenario where Frisch wins. Should the Cougars defeat TABC, JEC would automatically be relegated to the fourth seed due to only being able to tie TABC and Frisch, but having a tiebreak over neither. At that point, they would host the West number 5 seed, either North Shore or Hafter, with the right to play Rambam hanging in the balance. The West number 5 seed is already determined that is MTA. So here's how the records look heading into the final week of the regular season out west. SAR is 9-0. and The Sting will look to complete their perfect regular season against JEC tomorrow night. TABC 7-2. and The Storm will face 6-3 and Frisch tomorrow night for the second and third seeds. JEC at 5-3. and The Thunder will have SAR tomorrow night. And then, if necessary, the game against Hillel. MTA at 5-5. Five and five, No games remaining in the fifth spot. It's funny how you have a playoff flip for tomorrow night where the West number one and number four teams play J, uh, SAR and JEC, and you have the West number three and number West number two and number three teams uh, playing TABC and Frisch. So let's see how that playoff bracket looks right now. East number one Rambam faces a winner of an undetermined West four seed, either JEC or Frisch, against an undetermined East five seed, either Hafter or North Shore. The winner of that game will play the winner of West number two. The winner of whatever happens with TABC or Frisch. 
against East number three Flopbush. In the other bracket, West number one SAR will host the winner of East number four Hank versus West number five MTA. The winner to face the winner of East number two DRS hosting West number three, which could either be TABC, Frisch, or JEC. It's amazing how you have two of the most annoying courts uh, having home court advantage leading to Lawrence Middle School, barring some shocking result. But tomorrow night is the big night, weather permitting. There are four games, and that will cap out the regular season, unless there's a need for the JEC Hillel game. It's Flatbush at Hafter, TABC at Frisch, JEC at SAR, and the only game with no implications, Rambam at Shari Torah. Again, after tomorrow night, weather permitting, 99% of the league will be determined, possibly even 100%. We'll announce what we have on Tuesday morning on the JM in the AM Sports Update, if there is anything else. Let's go into the rankings heading into the final week of the regular season. Uh, in JV, they all stay the same. Rambam still taking the one spot. SAR, SAR did win, have a win over Frisch, but they needed to come from behind to do it, and it wasn't as dominating as Rambam has been all year in their wins. So SAR is going to go into this week at the two spot. DRS stays at three with wins over Hafter and YDE. TABC stays at four with a win over Westchester. Frisch will stay at five despite the loss to SAR because of the very tough battle, but we want to see them defeat TABC before they jump TABC. Flappish stays at sixth uh, with the win over Shari, and behind them there just a whole bunch of losses, uh, so everybody really stayed the same. Half to losing to DRS kept them at eight, JEC still at seven, Hank at nine, North Shore at ten, MTA at eleven, Megan David at twelve, Ramaz at thirteen, Hillel at fourteen. Most of those teams did not play this week. And at the bottom, Westchester at fifteen, Shari Torah at sixteen, Dar- and Darche Eris at seventeen, all taking losses this past week. Moving over to Varsity now, the snow put a dent into the early part of the week with MTASAR, Rambam Solomon Schechter, and Hank Norshore being postponed, although Hank and Norshore would be played later on in the week. Let's first give you the breakdown coming into the week. In the East, Hafter leads the East, or led the East with 21 points at 10-1-0-1-1. Sorry, 10-1-1. DRS at 20 points at 10-2. Hank at 15 points, Norshore at 10, Rambam 9, Flatbush 7, Solomon Schechter 4. Let's do this in order because of the number of games that impacted the league this week. Wednesday night saw one game and two results. That game that was played was Flatbush traveling out to face Kushner. Flatbush needing as many points as they could get, and Kushner still battling for the West second seed. Kushner came out strong and put a goal on the board early with, Ad- with Alec Rabinowitz taking an Elon Slonim faceoff win 35 seconds into the game and lasering a slap shot top shelf for the lead. Flatbush would uh, thank the post for the rest of the first and much of the game as the number of irons struck by Kushner would reach double digits on the night. In the second, the Cobras began to pull away. Slonim would pocket two of his own and would end the night with a hat-trick. The third started out 3 nothing Kushner, but quickly devolved with the Cobras adding four more before the midway switch. Effie Alman scored twice, and Seth Wayne added one. Flatbush would get on the board late with a goal by Stevie Hafif, but could not overcome the seven-goal deficit, losing 7-1, to one, and at the, but at the very least avoiding the same 7 nothing score that Kushner shellacked them by last year when the two met in Flatbush. In the game that did not happen that night, Hank received a gift in the form of a forfeit from Solomon Schechter. For Hank, the points uh, solidified their spot as the third seed in the East for the playoffs. On the other end of things, Solomon Schechter forfeiting actually took themselves out of the playoff hunt as it mathematically eliminated them from contention. So interesting job there. 
This would leave it as a three-team race for the final two spots with North Shore, Rambam, and Flatbush fighting. Ironically, the three through six teams in the East were in action against each other the next night. Thursday night in the East for this week would be renamed TGIT. Thank God it's tie day. Well, uh, why? Well, for the East, both results featured just that, two ties in a go-to-league battle for the ages. Charlie Altman and Moshe Ilus went save for save and post for post for 41 minutes and yielded nothing despite both teams finding breakaways in the final minutes of the game. And for the first time in quite a while, we had a game end in a scoreless 0-0 tie between Rambam and Flatbush. The impact of this game would only be felt in connection with the result from the North Shore-Hank game. Ezra Kushner and Judah Wolkenfeld put in goals for the Hurricanes. Bailey Gresh and Todd Bruckner put in goals for North Shore in what ended up as a 2-2 tie. So now what we had was the following. Hank's point was meaningless. However, they now finish the season at 7-3-2-2. It's fascinating to note that the tie for Hank marked the sixth time this season that the Hurricanes have played an overtime game. That needs to be a record somewhere. Six of 14 games going beyond regulation. They were really were the marathon men this year. Uh, in the end, they would post a 2-2-2 record in those games, defeating Ramam and Flatbush, losing to DRS twice, and tying North Shore and SAR. After that, the battle for the 4th and 5th got even more interesting. North Shore's points boosted them up point boosted them up to 11, Rambam's to 10, and Flatbush to 8. For Flatbush, it was the worst-case scenario to gain a point, but have North Shore gain one as well. It would mean that the Falcons would need to win their last two games and hope that North Shore does not defeat MTA in their uh, regular season finale. Flatbush was handed two points when Solomon Schechter forfeited to them as well this morning, raising their total to 10 uh, to tie them with Rambam. So now it comes down to this. If Flatbush defeats Hafter and North Shore loses or ties to MTA, or Rambam loses to Solomon Schechter, which I'm not sure they're going to do, Flatbush will earn a playoff spot. I expect that Solomon Schechter will probably forfeit their, their last game to Rambam, but don't quote me on that. That would, it would give Rambam a playoff spot. But if they do play, that game will be tomorrow night. A Flatbush loss or tie, and they're out, and the process will be between Rambam and North Shore. Should Rambam get the W, North Shore would need a win to gain the fourth seed, otherwise it'll go to Rambam. A Rambam loss, and they can still make it if Flatbush loses, but they would be the fifth seed, while North Shore would be the fourth seed. So... Now, let's return to the top of the division, where last night featured the big showdown between DRS and Hafter in the return matchup in Hafter. Let's remember earlier this year when Hafter defeated DRS 2-1 in DRS. On this night, we would be treated to another one-goal game, but the game was a classic, as expected. Hafter, the home team, needed two points to put the division away. About four minutes in, it was DRS getting on the board first, though, when Ethan Felder took a run up the left side of the court and beat Ryan Gluck short side for the first score of the game. Four minutes later, Sam Schechter slashed up the middle of the court and put a laser top shelf over DRS goalie Ari Guttenmacher to knock the game at one apiece. Second period, eight minutes to go. Leo Rubin rolls out from behind the hafter net, finds Moshe Ganuth cutting in from the wing, who puts it home for a 2-1 to DRS lead, which they would carry into the locker room. On the other side, Hafter would tie it up. Jake Berger let loose a three-quarters court slap shot that handcuffed Guttenmacher and glanced into the DRS net to tie the game at two apiece. Hafter looked to have the upper hand, when with 6.30 to go, Gnuth took a slashing penalty, sending him to the box for a minute and a half. 
45 seconds into the power play. Eitan Arie playing chaser for DRS on the penalty kill and celebrating his birthday, intercepted an errant pass, took the ball in all alone, got Gluck to bite on a fake short side, cut across the crease, and slammed the ball into a wide-open net to give DRS a 3-2 lead. Fast forward, under two minutes to go, DRS still holding the lead. A pile-up in front of Guttenmacher produced a free ball that Gilad Kirstein somehow got his stick on and put it by Guttenmacher to once again tie the game up. The last minute and a half would have a flurry of action, not producing any more goals, and the game would go to overtime. A minute into the extra session, we would have resolution. Moshe Gnuth flying in from the right side of the net, beat Gluck far side to take home the 4-3 overtime victory for the Wildcats. Just interesting to note, of the 10 goals that were scored in the two games played this year, nine of them were scored by either current or former DRS players. The only one that wasn't was by Jake Berger, who is, as you may have guessed, a HALB graduate. Interesting note there. So now we have an interesting situation for the division crown. Both have clinched a playoff game in the first round, both DRS and Hafter. So now the fate of division, though, is in DRS's hands. A DRS win in their last game of the season, and they will earn the division. Even a Hafter win over Flopwish would only tie them in points, but DRS would have 12 wins to Hafter's 11. The problem for DRS, their last opponent is league-leading TABC on Thursday night in DRS. Let's play out the other scenarios, though. If DRS ties or loses in overtime, Hafter needs a win. If DRS loses, Hafter needs only one point against Flatbush to take the division. I know I'm saying this backwards because the Hafter game happens first tomorrow night, but DRS will know, weather permitting, what their situation is going to be into, in going into their game. Speaking of TABC, though, let's take a look at the West. Here are the standings of the playoff contenders coming in to the week. Top of the West right now, TABC, or sorry, coming into the week, this past week, TABC, 22 points, 11-0. SAR, 19 points, 9-2-1. and Ramaz finished their season 16 points, 8-6. Kushner, 7-3-0-1 oh, at 15 points. MTA at 14 points. And Frisch at 11 points, 4-4-1-2. The part of that uh, that everyone was watching was the bottom race with Frisch looking to run the table and keep their streak of making the playoffs alive. I honestly cannot remember the last time Frisch didn't make the playoffs. I was actually just on the phone with uh, Howie Falkenstein. I probably should have asked him. He might have known. So this would be something interesting. Frisch started off their desperation post-break run with SAR this past Thursday, and it did not go well. The Cougars found themselves on the losing end of a 4-2 score, ensuring that they will not take part in the postseason this year, meaning that our five West playoff teams are set. Punching their tickets to the postseason are TABC, SAR, Ramaz, Kushner, and with their 4-1 win over JEC on Wednesday night, MTA has earned a playoff spot. By the way, going back to that 4-2 victory for SAR, goals scored by uh, Josh Rosenberg, who put in two, Azriel Lavi on the power play with one, and Jesse Shanzer also adding one. With the win, SAR also wraps up the two-seed, meaning that they will host the East three-seed in the first round in the playoffs, which will be Hank. We'll cover that game a little more once the playoffs get started. This leaves the third and fourth seed at that point up in the air. At that point, it was a race between MTA and Kushner, as Ramaz does not hold the tiebreak with MTA, whom they were tied with and cannot get ahead of them, seeing as how they have no games left. 
Well, Kushner was handed two more points as a result of a Heschel forfeit. In fact, Heschel also forfeited their remaining games to TABC and JEC. So heading into today, Kushner has 19 points and MTA had 16. In order for MTA to gain the 13th, the Lions would need to win out against SAR and North Shore and have Kushner lose their last game against Frisch for MTA. That road started out today when they hosted SAR. Fast forward to the second period, no score. SAR power play. Daniel Best scores top shelf off the pass from Jacob Unger and Azriel Lavi to make it one nothing. A few minutes later, Josh Weiss put one home to increase the lead to two. Play would stay that way for the next period and a half until MTA mounted a comeback with three minutes to go when Ezra Quint took a wrist shot from the corner that found its way into the net behind junior Jan- Jonah Amron, getting a start in net for the SAR sting. The comeback would fall short, though, and SAR would take away a 2-1 victory. So now we know that MTA cannot jump over Kushner, and Kushner holds the tiebreak. So our playoff bracket in the West is set. TABC will be the one seed, SAR the two, Kushner the three, MTA the four, hosting a play-in game, and Ramaz the five, traveling to play a play-in game. The other game on the week uh, at the West, TABC's battle against Frisch tomorrow night, will be for Pride. So here are our playoff possibilities. So the West number one, TABC, will take on the winner of East number four, either Flatbush, Rambam, or North Shore versus West number five, Ramaz. With the winner of that game taking on the winner of East number two, which will either be DRS or Hafter, versus West number three, Kushner. In the other bracket, East number one, the winner of the Hafter DRS mess versus West number four MTA, hosting East number five Rambam, North Shore, or Flatbush, with the winner taking on the winner of the only set matchup that we now know about, a rematch from the regular season, which ended in a tie, West number two SIR, hosting East number three Hank. Taking a look at the rankings heading into the last week of the regular season. Uh, TABC stays at one with their win over Heschel, if you want to call it that. didn't really matter. Uh, they're moving up, though, to the two seed, with Hafter dropping down to three with their loss to DRS, is SAR. SAR, with two wins over Frisch and MTA, gains the nod up as the second team in the league, with Hafter dropping to three, and DRS moving up from fifth to fourth right behind them. Kushner uh, dropping down to from fourth to fifth as a result of DRS moving up. MTA staying in sixth after defeating JEC and losing by one to SAR. Behind uh, everyone else stays the same because no one did anything special to deserve a move. A few forfeits and a few ties. First stays at seven despite the loss to SAR. Hank stays at eight with the win to Solomon Schechter and tied on North Shore. Ramaz at nine. They were idle. North Shore tied Hank stays at ten. Rambam tied Flatbush stays at eleven. Flatbush. The forfeit win over Solomon Schechter, the tie to Rambam, the loss to Kushner stays at 12. JEC with the win over Heschel, and the loss to MTA keeps them at 13. Uh, Mag and David, Idol stays 14. Solomon Schechter and Heschel probably forfeiting out the regular season, the rest of the regular season. They'll stay at 15 and 16. You are listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network, sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. If you are listening to us during the 7 o'clock hour, you are under a half hour away from the 2015 Nachum Siegel Network kosher halftime show featuring Soul Farm. If you're listening to us during the during the post-Super Bowl showing, thank you very, very much. We greatly appreciate your dedication to our show, and we greatly, we greatly appreciate your listenership and your dedication to the Yeshiva League. Now let's move ahead and continue on with basketball. We're going to start off in JV basketball and start off in the West. Standings heading into the week were as follows. SAR opened up the week at 8-1. MTA right behind them at 7-1. Frisch at 6-2. 
Ramaz at 5 and 5, TABC 4 and 4, Heschel 4 and 5, and JEC at 3 and 6. There are only three games on the week, but three biggies in the West. The first game Thursday night was one for the top of the division between SAR and MTA. As we said last week, this could either be very easy or very messy. We here at the Court Report saw the opportunity for the least confusing analysis being an SAR victory, and that's exactly what we got. The Sting upended the Lions 31-27, to avenging their season opening loss and clinching the Western Crown with a record of eight and one. The loss drops MTA to seven and two and now puts them in danger as they are tied with Frisch, who got to the seven and two mark themselves, defeating TABC that very same night, fifty eight to forty four. Just getting back to that SAR game, uh, Dovi Marcus led the sting against MTA with twelve points. So here is where we stand in the race for the second and third seed in the division. This part is really simple. Frisch and MTA face on Tuesday night. Winner take all. As simple as that. The winner of the game will be the West 2 seed and earn a bye. The loser will be the West 3 seed and will have a home game against the West 6 seed. Right now, the 4, 5, and 6 seed are a bit of a mess because of snow pushing off TABC Heschel last week. So right now, let's go through what can happen this week. We know as a result of TABC's loss that Ramaz will either be the 4th or 5th seed because only one of those two teams, Heschel or TABC, will reach the 5 win mark. If TABC defeats Heschel, Ramaz will have the 4th seed, TABC the 5th seed based on tiebreak, and it would then come down to whether JEC defeats Hillel on Tuesday. If JEC wins, Heschel will be knocked out and JEC will take the 6th seed. Otherwise, it'll go Ramaz, TABC, and Heschel, as TABC has the tiebreak over JEC. If Heschel defeats TABC, they will be tied with Ramaz at 5-5. Five and five. They will be tied in head-to-head, so it would go to percentage versus playoff opponents. Heschel would have defeated Ramaz, TABC, and Frisch, while losing to Ramaz, SAR twice, and MTA for a 3-4 and four record. Ramaz would have defeated only Heschel and TABC, while losing to Heschel, MTA, SAR, and Frisch for a 2-4 and four record, meaning that Heschel would get the 4 seed, Ramaz the 5 seed, and TABC 6. In a game between two, in- two eliminated teams, Kushner defeated Hillel to round out their season at 3-7. and seven. So to wrap it up, SAR 9-1 has no games remaining. Frisch and MTA 7-2. and two. Ramaz in 4th at 5-5. Five and five. TABC and Heschel tied at 4-5 and five in 5th and 6th. And JEC behind them in 7th at 3-6. and six. JEC and Hillel play Tuesday night. TABC and Heschel play Wednesday. In terms of seeding, SAR has clinched the number 1 spot at 9-1 and one with no games remaining. Uh, number the, the second spot will go to the winner of the MTA Frisch game. The winner will be at seven and two. Three will be the loser, who will be at seven and three. Four could be Ramaz or Heschel. Five could be TABC or Ramaz. Six could be TABC Heschel or JEC. Moving east, looking at the standings coming into the week, Flatbush entered the week at nine and zero. Hafter at seven and one. North Shore at seven and two. DRS at four and four. Ramam at four and five, and Hank at four and five. Shari at three and five, and YDE and Mag and David at three and six. That's a boatload of teams, and the snow almost kept us in real limbo for another week. But thankfully, some important games did get played to help us sort this thing out. The top four spots in the division are set. Flatbush completed their perfect season last night, doubling up Mag and David 48-24. The win served two purposes in our analysis. Number one, it put Flatbush at 10-0 as the only perfect team heading into the postseason, and the East number one. Secondly, it knocked Mag and David out of playoff contention, dropping them to 3-7, which takes one team out of our complicated mess. 
Joining them in the buy slot will be Hafter. The Hawks, winner of last night's game with Shari Torah, 44-38, but behind Jason Mishkin's 25 points, moved the Hawks to 8-1, which means that even with the loss to DRS tomorrow night, uh, they'd only be, at worst, tied with North Shore for the second seed. But Hafter holds the tiebreak. So Hafter has the two. North Shore is locked into the three and will host the East sixth seed. The fourth seed will go to DRS. The Wildcats took care of Rambam on Thursday night, defeating them 35-31 to give them win number five. No matter what happens against Hafter tomorrow night, they will host the East five seed. After that, it's real fun. The race got even more complicated after YDE upended Hank 46-44. You'll see the same score that their varsity counterparts, uh, and now the the win by YDE and the loss by Hank put them both at 4-6. So right now we have a logjam at 4-6. Rambam's 4-6, Hank is 4-6, and and YDE is 4-6. Plus, Shari Torah still has a shot to be 4-6 should they beat North Shore on Tuesday night. So, four teams, two spots. Let's do this analysis. First, let's go with Shari Torah losing to North Shore and have three teams. In this case, we'd have YDE, Hank, and Rambam fighting all at 4-6 with two of three teams making it. So, the first analysis is head-to-head. All three are 1-1 against each other. Hank defeated Rambam and lost to YDE. Rambam lost to Hank and defeated YDE. And YDE lost to Rambam but beat Hank. So we have to move on to the next level, which would be record versus playoff teams. Hank would be 1-4. Neither Rambam nor YDE would have a win, so Hank would get the 5 seed, because Hank defeated DRS this year. Now it goes to a two-team analysis, which is easy because Rambam and YDE played one game against each other, which was won by Rambam. So for all you Rambam fans, if it's a three-team situation, Rambam gets the six seed, I believe. So if it stays as this, Hank will get the five seed and Rambam will get the six seed with YDE missing out. Again, that I'm assuming that's how the, the analysis would go. I believe that. I'm not completely sure. I have not talked with Commissioner Gordon on this. Please don't take my word as official. It probably, you know, this might most likely will be correct. If not, I will I will figure this out over the week. If Share wins, it gets a lot more fun. So the four teams, YDE, Hank, Share, and Rambam, all tied at four and six. Head-to-head, Hank is two and one with a win over Rambam and Share, but a loss to YDE. Rambam two and one with a win over Share and YDE, but the loss to Hank. YDE at two and two with two wins over Hank. Well, sorry, with a win over Hank and Shari, but a loss to Shari and Rambam, and Shari at one and three. Hank and Rambam would be tied would tie here, but Hank defeated Rambam, so I believe that gives them the edge and would give them the five seed. So that stayed the same as our other scenario. Now that we've knocked out one team, let's do the last analysis for Rambam, Shari, and YDE for the sixth spot. Here, Shari and YDE, I think we go back to head to head, would both be one and two, each beating the other and losing to Rambam, meaning that Rambam in this scenario is two and zero, oh, meaning they would get the six seed. So wait a minute, nothing changes. So we actually would have all six playoff spots worked out in the East. It'll be Flatbush at one, and Hafter at two getting first-round buys. North Shore, number three, will host number six, Rambam, and DRS at four will host number five, Hank. At least it's what I believe based on how I understand the tie-breaking procedure. If not, if it's wrong, I'll issue a mea culpa, which means my bad in lawyer language, next week, and I will hopefully have everything perfect for you by then. 
Now let's move over to varsity basketball. We're going to start out with the West first because it's just easier given that it's just a matter of placement with this group. Reminding you of the standings coming into the week. Frisch in first at 12-0. TABC was second at 9-3. Heschel at 8-4. Hillel at 7-5. Ramaz at 7-7. And JEC at 6-6. The great part about this is that with the exception of Ramaz, all of these teams have an equal number of games left and it makes the the analysis all that much easier. The snow wiped out Tuesday's slate, which included TABC, SAR, and MTA, Mag, and David, both of which altered the playoff situations in the two divisions, with TABC's result in the West and Mag and David's for the East. TABC's week, however, was helped out Wednesday night when Heschel and Hafter met up in a cross-conference showdown. Heschel needed this game to keep pace with TABC in the battle for the second seed and keep themselves out of trouble from Hillel making a push right behind them. The Heat, sensing the urgency, charged out of the gate early, building an 11-point lead heading into the second quarter of play, but the margin was slowly trickle away, and eight minutes later, it was down to only two, with a 35-33 Heschel lead at the half. The second half would be a back-and-forth battle with a minute to go. Hafter held a one-point lead at 62-61, with Heschel holding possession. However, the Heat could not capitalize, as the Hawks iced the game in the final 60 seconds, winning 66-62. to Jonathan Greenberg led Hafter's charge with a strong 23 points. Sam Lipman once again led Heschel with 18 points for the second consecutive game. Heschel falls to 8-5 and five and is now teetering dangerously on the line between 2nd and 4th. As of this morning, they were a win behind TABC with the Storm holding a game in hand, that being the snowed-out game being played today in SAR. That game finished only a few, only about an hour and a half, two hours ago, um, not readily available at the time of recording. That game is part, uh, that game... Uh, you know, should TABC walk away victorious they'll, today, they'll have locked up the two-seed in the conference, leaving Heschel to fight uh, to hold on to the third seed, which they are deadlocked in with Hillel after their victory over Kushner last night. Both teams are now 8-5. and five. We're talking about Hillel and Heschel. They each have one game remaining, with Hillel facing JEC this Tuesday and Heschel matching up with TABC on Wednesday. The strength of schedule in that race would favor Hillel, but the tiebreaker favors Heschel. If TABC lost to SAR today, there is a chance that we could be deadlocked three ways if Heschel emerges victorious over TABC, where all three teams would be 9-5. and five. If that happens, Heschel would get the two-seed, TABC the three, and Hillel the fourth. Either way, these three teams are your two through four. Below them in the battle for the fifth spot, JEC moved into a tie with Ramaz after picking up a forfeit win over Rambam. Their last game is with Hillel, as we just said. A win gives them the fifth seed. Otherwise, Ramaz gets the fifth spot as both teams will wind up at 7-7 and with the Rams holding the tiebreak. In a game that didn't mean much to playoff standings on Wednesday, SAR dominated Kushner 74-49. Kushner's season finished last night, and SAR's wraps up with the game against TABC today. Moving back to the top of the division, Frisch already had the top spot locked up, but the game that they played against DRS this week meant more for momentum and supremacy heading into the playoffs. Frisch, the top-ranked team in the nation, traveled to Woodmere to take on the second-ranked Wildcats and would exit with the boost and the opportunity to complete their perfect regular season after downing the Wildcats 52-47. to So here is where all of the playoff teams in the West stand as of now. 
first place, finishes 13-0, and and will look to put the stamp on their season, their perfect season, Tuesday night when they face Flatbush. Second is TABC at 9-3, and not including their game against SAR today. They'll also face Heschel on Wednesday. Heschel at 8-5 and with only TABC left. Hillel at 8-5 and with JEC remaining this Tuesday. Ramaz at 7-7. and and JEC at 7-6 and will meet Hillel on Tuesday. Right now, my predictions are still holding to form out west. Let's see if my picks uh, you know, of Frisch and TABC getting the buys, and Hillel uh, at the 3-seed facing JEC at the 6, and Heschel at the 4 facing Ramaz at the 5 coming true. Moving eastward, let's take a look at the standings of those teams coming into the week. Hafter started out at 12-0, DRS at 10-2. North Shore at nine and three, Mag and David at six and five, YDE six and six, Hank at five and seven, and Flatbush at four and eight. We've already mentioned the games at the top that were played, with the exception of one, that being today's game between Hafter and North Shore. Hafter's win over Heschel keeps them moving in the perfect direction, bumping them up to thirteen and zero. They have the top seed wrapped up, but DRS's loss drops the Wildcats to ten and three and puts them in danger of being deadlocked with the North Shore. With North Shore, should the Stars up and after today. But that did not happen as the Hawks dropped North Shore on the road to maintain their perfect record and finish the season at 14-0. DRS still has a cushion now, but it does not matter though. The simple truth is that the winner of tomorrow night's game between North Shore and DRS gets the two seed. A DRS win tomorrow would give them the second seed as they would up their record to 11-3 and drop North Shore down to 9-5. A North Shore win and will go to a tiebreak as both teams would be tied at 10 and 4. Head to head would be even, sending us to percentage versus playoff teams. A calculation which we'll get back to after we've gone through the other teams in the playoff hunt, because their results still matter here. But just know the winner of tomorrow night will be the second seed. So there were two games that shaped the middle of the Eastern Conference, those being YDE Hank from this past Wednesday and Flappish Mag and David last night. All four teams are the ones in the hunt for the final three spots. The winner of the Hank YDE game stood to benefit the most. For Hank, a win would put two games between them and Flappish for the final spot and allow the Hurricanes a chance to move up with a win over Mag and David later in the week. For YDE, who has already clinched a playoff berth, a win would give them the advantage, putting them at seven wins, breaking their deadlock with Mag and David, and assuring them that they will be the sixth seed. It was an extremely tight game throughout, with YDE holding slim leads of no more than three until a minute and a half to go, when Hank was assessed a technical foul. The Thunder would capitalize on the opportunity and extend their lead to five, for, uh, 45-40 with a minute to go. The Hurricanes would battle back with two buckets and had a chance to tie the game at the line, but could not. The Hurricanes would get the ball back with nine seconds remaining. Score still the same, but the Hurricanes again could not convert. YDE would gain possession and would themselves convert on one of two foul shots, still leaving the door open for the Hurricanes, but a half-court shot at the buzzer hit off the back rim and bounced away to seal YDE's 46-44 victory. So now, both teams awaited last night's game to see what the last week of play would hold. The Flatbush Falcons and Mag and David Warriors met up in Flatbush, and early on it looked like the Falcons would be able to keep their playoff hopes alive. Flatbush held a double-digit lead for most of the game, but saw it start to slip away midway through the third. Bad passes, fouls, and a tough press saw Flatbush's lead dwindle down to nothing as Mag and David tied up the game at 47 and then took a 50-47 lead on a three-pointer. Going back the other way, Sam Silverman launched a bomb from downtown to tie the game back at 50, as Flatbush would reel off seven of the next eight points to take a 54-51 lead with two minutes remaining. 
Flatbush fouled on their next possession, missed the front end of a one-and-one. Mag and David would get to the line themselves and would capitalize on a foul on their end to cut the score to 54-53. Flatbush would break through the press and get the ball to a wide-open player down in the paint who could not control the ball, and the ball would bounce off a Mag and David player, giving Flatbush back the ball under their own basket with a half a minute to go. The Falcons would proceed to throw the ball away. A Mag and David player drives the length of the court, misses the layup, but is fouled. He would hit both free throws to give the Warriors a 55-54 lead with five seconds left in the game. Flatbush inbounded the ball and attempted a long three-pointer that would not go, giving Mag and David the win and putting Flatbush's playoff hopes on life support. The Falcons will now need a win over undefeated Frisch and a Hank loss to Mag and David to make the postseason. So now the East playoff scenario looks like this. At the bottom, Hank or Flatbush will take the six seed. We're going to move forward as if that's Hank, just given the probabilities. Mag and David and YDE will fight for the fourth and fifth spots, but will face each other in the first round no matter what. What? Both teams are tied at seven wins now and have split the season series. So it's going to come down to their last games. YDE's battle with Derek Hattora and Megan David's tilt with Hank and MTA to determine who the home team will be. This takes a lot of what-ifs, but the road for Mag and David is simple. Beat Hank and the home game is yours. Only beat MTA and you're leaving your fate in the hands of Derek Hattora or the tiebreak proceedings, which, if YDE beats Derek Hattora, I do not believe will fall out in their favor. There's still a chance that this could go into a coin flip, but the league is probably less worried about this than, say, the girls' basketball situation. Now that we know this situation, we can help figure out these second and third seeds as well. If North Shore and DRS end up tied at 10-4 and 4, because of North Shore losing to Hafter beating DRS, we'd go to record versus playoff teams. At that point, North Shore would be 6-3 and three against playoff teams, while DRS would be 6-3 four, thus giving North Shore the edge and the second seed in the division. So the East can look like this. Hafter at 1, DRS or North Shore, the winner at 2, DRS and North Shore loser uh, at 3, with this seed facing most likely number 6, Hank, but the slight possibility of Flatbush. We've moved forward as if Hank is the is the scenario for the tiebreaker proceedings, and YDE and Mag and David at 4th and 5th will be facing each other. Here are the current standings in the playoff teams. Hafter at 14-0 with their season wrapped up. DRS 10-3 with North Shore left tomorrow night. North Shore at 9-4 with DRS left tomorrow night. Mag and David at 7-5 with Hank tomorrow night and MTA Monte Shabbos. YDE at 7-6 with uh, Derek Hattori tomorrow night. Hank at 5-8 with Mag and David tomorrow night. And we will also have Flopush and Frisch facing off later on this week, uh, Tuesday night for that last game of that will impact the East. Now, let's take a look at the Jewish Hoops America Top 25 for last week. I'm going to sort of lay off my my uh, diatribe on them, only because you've heard it for the last two weeks, and there really is no need to mention it again. Frisch is still the number one team. DRS the two, the two seed, Hafter the three, North Shore the four. That stays the same. Heschel stays the same at sixth. TABC moves up into a tie with Nuju. At 8, uh, then goes down to Hill at 13, then comes Ramaz at 16, below them at 18 is JEC, Flapush is, was still at 22, Hank's still at 23, and others receiving votes, SAR snuck in with YDE on the back end of the ballot. 
ooh, just in the nick of time, we happen to have breaking news from Dan Poleoff from TABC. It appears that TABC has defeated SAR 53-49. to So it looks as if TABC will take the second seed in the West, leaving Heschel to fight for the third seed with Hillel. Thanks, Daniel, for getting that to us, and uh, good congratulations on getting the bye. Right now, let's move over to girls basketball. We're going to start off in girls B with a very interesting situation. Coming into the week, SKA led the league at 9-0. Brewery followed behind them at 8-2. Elon at 6-3. Shall have it at 6-5. And Mag and David at 4-5. SKA took the division crown, defeating Shari Tora 41-21, upping their record to a perfect 10-0. Thursday also saw Mag and David defeating Shalamis 38-25 to keep Shalamis winless and to up Mag and David's record to 5-5 coming into today's game with Elon, a game that would be huge. An Elon win, and we would have three of the four playoff teams complete, with the fourth seed coming down to a potential tiebreak between Mag and David and Shalhevit. A Mag and David win, and this thing still has the ability to get real ugly real quick. And ugly it shall be, as Mag and David turned back Elon with a 10-point win, 36-26. to Mag and David's win keeps our three-way tie scenario in place. So let's take a look at the tie breaks again, just so people can refresh themselves on this. For two teams, the first tie break is the head-to-head. The second tie break is record versus playoff teams by percentage. The third is the record in division by percentage. And then it would either be a coin flip if it's seeding or if it's based on making the fourth seed the play-in game. For a three-team scenario, it would be the same one, head-to-head, record versus playoff percentages by team, all combined, record in division, uh, and then coin flip, I'm not sure how, but coin flip, and then down to two teams and just redo. So we currently have Elon at 6-4, and four, shall have it at 6-5, and five, and Mag and David at 6-5. and five. An Elon win over SKA in their last two games would make everything okay, and then it would come down to what shall have it and Mag and David do. But we've already laid out that scenario you know, above. If Elon loses both games, it comes down to what shall have it and Mag and David do. If either win, they automatically make the playoffs while the other will fall into a tie with Elon. Either way, it'll result, we'll have a play-in game for the fourth seed one way or another. Now, if all end up tied at 6-6, six and six, it gets really weird. You've heard my thoughts though, about what they should do, but it looks like it may go to a three-way coin flip, which I guess is where the coin is flipped three times, and whoever has the most in their favor gets the nod for the three seed, while the other two will play a play-in game. But that doesn't really seem, you know, that really seems a little messed up to have your season determined by a coin flip. I still hold my let them play and determine it themselves three-game series between the three teams in order to figure out which two teams should go on. I think that's the most fair. I think it allows them to really control their own fate and not allow a coin flip to say, hey, you're in and you two have to play to be in when the three of them earn the right to to actually participate against each other in order to make that spot. But either way, SKA has the one and Bruria has the two. Who they face will be determined at some point by some means, I guess. Moving over to Girls A now. In the East, not much was decided because of the snow pushing off all games except for one. Hafter gained some separation between themselves and Flopwish with a lopsided win over Heschel. This puts Hafter at 7-5. and five. The win forces Flopwish to have to win both of their remaining games in order to assure themselves of the second seed. Flopwish will need to sweep two games against Hank in order for that to happen tomorrow night in Hank and Thursday night at home. If Flopwish loses both, Hafter will get the two seed. If Flopwish splits, 
it'll go to a tiebreak, which we'll get to in a second. Below them, North Shore and Hank are fighting for the fourth seed, but this is relatively simple. If Hank doesn't win both, they are eliminated. So now we know how to handle a Flatbush Hafter tie, because North Shore would be counted and not Hank. Both Hafter and Flatbush split the season series, so the first analysis would be record versus playoff opponents. Hafter would be 2-5, and five, Flatbush 3-4, and four, giving Flatbush the 2 and Hafter the 3. So our two options really are this. If Flatbush wins any games, Ramaz, Flatbush, Hafter, and North Shore that order. If Hank wins both games, it'll be Ramaz, Hafter, Flatbush, Hank. In the West, the game today between Frisch and Hillel would have gone a decent way to help us figure out what could happen at the top, but we do not have that result as of this time. So here's the way we'll approach it. If Hillel won, we would have four, our four playoff teams, as Maya Note would only be able to tie Hillel for the fourth seed, but does not hold the tiebreak. So Berea, SAR, Frisch, and Hillel would be our playoff teams. That being the case, it would come down to the games between SAR and Maya Note and Hillel and Berea to determine our seeding. If Berea defeats Hillel, or SAR loses to Maya Note, Berea is the one seed, SAR the two, Frisch the three, and Hillel the four. If Berea loses... Uh, if Brewery loses and SAR wins, SAR will win the division based on tiebreak. Two wins over Brewery, so SAR the one, Brewery the two, Frisch the three, and Hillel the four. If Frisch won today, the race for all four spots will come down to this week. It would then come down to Brewery and SAR's games. If Brewery wins, we're all good. They get the one and Frisch the two, no matter what SAR does. SAR would be the three seed, and it would come down to whether Mayanote defeats SAR. If Mayanote and Hillel are tied in any way, either at five and seven or six and six, Hillel takes it on tiebreak. But if Bruria loses to Mayanote, they'll be nine and three and tied with Frisch. This in itself means nothing as Bruria has a tiebreak over Frisch, but now if SAR wins two, we will have a three way tiebreak at nine and three. Head to head would be this Frisch two and one. SAR 2-2, two and, two, and Bruria 1-2. So if all three end up tied, Frisch takes the division, SAR gets the two, and Bruria finds themselves dropping from first to third. So 1, 2, and 3 are Bruria, Frisch, or SAR in some way, and 4 is either Hill or Maya. No, sorry, can't do much better than that at this point, really. Now, finally, let's move on to Girls' JV very quickly because we're running out of time. The West playoff picture was determined this week with Maya Note defeating Westchester to put them at 9-1, and one, giving them the division. SAR will get the 2-seed, Frisch the 3, and Kushner the 4. While meaningless for SAR, the Sting met up with Hafter today in a game that meant a lot for the East. Uh, in a game that SAR defeated Hafter, Hafter's loss now puts them at the mercy of Central. Should Central pull off an upset against either Flatbush or North Shore, they'll wind up tied with Hafter, no matter what. The tiebreak finds itself in Central's favor, meaning that Central would get the three seed and Hafter the four. In the battle at the top, both Flopwish and North Shore are tied at seven and two and are battling for the top two spots. If one wins and the other loses against Central, the winner will get the number one seed, the loser the two seed. If they're, still, if they're still tied at then, it would go all the way down to record versus playoff opponents, uh, where Flatbush would gain the advantage. Flatbush currently is 5-2. and two. North Shore is 4-2. and two. If each did the same thing, Flatbush would still have the better record, meaning this. A Flatbush win over Central on Tuesday ends the conversation at the top. So here is here how we stand playoff-wise. West number one Maya Note will face East number four Central or Hafter. East number two North Shore or Flatbush will host West number three Frisch. East number one Flatbush or North Shore will host West number four Kushner, and West number two SAR will host East number three Central or Hafter. 
Well, that about wraps up the show for the week. We probably will not have enough time to do a uh, to do a Words from the Wise, so we'll get back to that next week. Thank you very much for listening. If you're listening to this in the normal Sunday 7 p.m. slot, stay tuned for the special Nachum Siegel Network presentation of the Kosher Super Bowl Halftime Show featuring Soul Farm. If you're listening to us during the special post-Super Bowl slot, thank you for being such dedicated listeners. This decision to have this show was for you because we knew you'd want to stay on top of all the playoff action for this coming week. If you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can also catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the court report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, jam in the AM with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, or on your radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on jam in the AM at around 7:20 with the Tuesday morning jam and the AM sports update. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up. If you are listening at the 7 o'clock hour, stay tuned for the Nachum Siegel Network special kosher halftime spectacular featuring Soul Farm starting right now. If you were listening on the post Super Bowl uh, post Super Bowl hour, thank you for listening so late. Have a great night. See you next week right here on the Court Report only on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh-huh.